Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we will be looking at Season 3, Episode 2 of The Sopranos, titled Proche Levishka. This episode aired March 4th, 2001. It was written by David Chase and it was directed by Tim Van Patten. Here is the HBO synopsis for this episode. Tony's concerns that his mother will rat him out to the feds expire when she literally does. Later, Janice arrives to arrange the funeral, which takes a bizarre turn. I just noticed reading that out loud that HBO is not very subtle in its uh, in its way that it sends Livia off there. Yeah, expires. Expires. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's nice. <laughs> right. Unceremonious. <laughs> yeah. Much. Yeah. But uh, this uh, episode quite literally starts off with a bang. It sure does. Yeah, we get uh, garbage disputes. Yeah. So this episode starts off... This is a really cool kind of opening to the episode, I thought. Because we get the bang from the garbage truck, and then we go to the newspaper, which shows that there's turf war going on, garbage turf war. And we slowly pull in to Tony collapsed on the ground blood around him and we don't know how he got there carmela pulls up to the house finds him lying in the kitchen like that he's awake he's alive but he says one thing he says uncle ben uncle ben and then we get this crazy rewind of what just transpired this whole just reversal all the way back to what is going to be the start of the scene that leads kind of nicely right into Meadow rewinding a VHS. Yeah, the rewind and the rewind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a very unique way to open up a very significant episode and kind of continues, you know, literally and figuratively from where we left off with the premiere because we were talking about how they employed some kind of different story techniques there. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little bit more like experimental and kind of how they did things a little bit more free. And so they applied that here with that rewind effect. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we get into this scene with uh, Tony and Meadow. I mean, the, the, the start of the scene is pretty chilling to Mm -hmm. not know what condition Tony is. You assume he's had a panic attack and collapse, but you're really not sure. Right. I guess I never even thought about it that way is like, Oh, did Tony get shot or attacked in some way or something? I I, I feel like that's what was like the garbage wars, the pulling of the newspaper and then he's on the ground. Yeah. Either he had a panic attack from Mm -hmm. that or maybe something occurred. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we do find out exactly just what it is that occurred in this scene uh, with Tony Meadow and Meadow's friend that she brings home, uh, Noah Noah Tannenbaum. Yeah. So uh, we get a new dimension to Tony that was perhaps always there, but we haven't really had cause to see yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, The extremely racist dimension. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he uh, Noah has no idea whose house he stepped yeah. in to, and he's being very nice, very polite. All the while, Tony just staring at his hair, mm-hmm. as Noah describes early mobster movies. Yeah, and they're watching Public Enemy, they are. right, with Cagney, which yes. will begin a very important key thread to this episode. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, Tony has 
Noah to thank for uh, you know re-inspiring him <laughs> or inspiring him to watch this this film. But that, that is true. That's true. Basically, you know, to get to the heart of it, uh, Tony has a massive problem with this kid uh, because of the fact that you know it's pretty clear that he and Meadow are interested in each other, perhaps seeing each other, just mm-hmm. starting. And uh, yeah, Noah did not realize what house he had stepped into. Yeah. And so Tony has to uh, kind of educate him in a sense. Yes. The... So he starts off very obviously racist yeah. with the Tarzan right. comment. I mean, show business. I don't know why they call it the business. Those old Tarzan movies. Yeah, that's such a that's such a moment because again we haven't seen Tony be blatantly racist in this entire series, and mm-hmm. so we don't really necessarily know that that's like a part of who he is. Mm-hmm. And I know it's weird. Like, I just remember seeing this for the first time and kind of having a feeling about where this scene was going, but not really knowing for sure. Right. But then when he drops in that kind of subliminal. Oh, your parents were involved in the in the film business. What those those old Tarzan movies? Yeah. It's like, oh shit! Like, yeah, this is about to go downhill. Yeah, and but there is there is something that makes weird sense mm-hmm. though about Tony's demand of Noah. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Tony's point of view, the last episode we weren't really in his point of view. Mm-hmm. We were from the point of view of the feds. So we were seeing Tony in a third person, and now we're kind of, this episode has transitioned fully back into Tony. Right. Like we are now seeing everything from Tony's perspective, and that's more obvious. Mm-hmm. So we know who Tony is, and it makes sense for him to, one, be protective of Meadow. Just be protective of his daughter. That's all. And two acknowledge that he has business associates that are black and wouldn't approve of his daughter being with those associates and those associates sons being with his daughter. Yeah. Tony's racism just comes out in full force to make the point to Noah. Right. Yeah. In some way, in Tony's point of view, it makes sense to him. Well, I mean, that's kind of what The Sopranos is all about, ultimately. And I think that this is a scene... I think that this scene kind of is really important for a couple reasons. Uh, One, just plot-wise, in terms of where the episode goes, Mm -hmm. I think there's a reason why we see Tony in this light early on, in a light that is, you know, objectively unsympathetic. You know, if you agree with what Tony's saying in this scene, then you're not a very good person, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's that's different than other scenes that we've seen with him where he's done bad things, obviously, killed people and stuff. You know, you just chalk it up to he's a fictional mobster. But this is a little bit different. This is a mm. little bit where you're like, I don't really like Tony. Here. No, yeah. You know, um, this is pretty not, this is not okay. Yeah. You know, um, in general, I think season three is that season where David Chase decided in a couple places to say, hey, you like these guys? Like, you think they're appealing? You think this is fun? Well, it's actually not that fun. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to, like, put you to the test a little bit. Like, you're going to see some things that, like, you're really not going to agree with. Yeah. And um, 
it's going to be done by these characters that you love, you know? And uh, I think one of the first scenes of that is here, Tony's, you know, racist rant. That's a good point. And I think too, even, even with that, even if David Chase is trying to say like, look, here's a really serious side of Tony that you haven't seen before and mm -hmm. you may not like the balance of him seeing uncle Ben yeah. and collapsing right. is the hilarious karma right. that is delivered to Tony. Absolutely. Fuming after they leave. Yeah. Taking out the, the meats, the deli meats, throwing them in his mouth. And then just that trigger forces him to collapse. That's, that's pretty good. It's the amazing. Irony is good. Oh no, I loved that moment, and mm -hmm. it's so emblematic of this like really masterful outing from David Chase as you know, the the script writer, where yeah. you have these like very intense moments followed by just super broad, ridiculous comedy. I mean, the idea that like Tony would be that <laughs> flustered, like we haven't seen him this frazzled right. ever right. like he goes straight for the fridge just pulls out the gabagool starts stuffing it in his mouth yeah. and yeah. then you know the fact that it's the uncle ben logo of all things i mean it does sort of serve to say like yeah tony is ridiculous right you know? <laughs> right right and tim van patten just just yeah. does a great job with the what we see from the rewind mm -hmm. and then what we see when it's played out. Yeah. It doesn't really look like we're seeing the skipping of a beat and we're mm -hmm. even getting different angles when it's played out as mm -hmm. opposed to what the rewind was. And that was really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Right. Yeah. And I was also thinking too. Yeah. I mean, I just the way that the camera kind of like hovers around him, you know, it's just great camera work in terms of, you know, narrative in terms mm -hmm. of, of, of what cinema is supposed to do the way the camera mirrors his state. And you're like, Oh, this is a panic attack. Like you feel it yeah. in a real way. Not only that we're in a house. This right. isn't a movie set. Yeah. This is an actual house. Yeah. And so they're, they're directing all of this around mm -hmm. the physical house, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And the, the scene just ends with kind of Carmela understanding where Tony was going and what he right. was trying to do. And at the same time, she's not that concerned. Right. And she's trying to keep him just out of whatever Meadow's yeah. life is at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that Carmela's point of view is that she would probably prefer uh, Meadow not be with someone who is not Italian or, right. you know, right, right. black or whatever. But it's not like a big deal to her, really. I mean, she's more modern than Tony is, of course. Yeah. Last episode, you stopped me at uh, the point when I was making about the episodes or the season starting a little bit later. And I think what you were trying to say is the reason it started later was because right now this is the last Livia scene that we get posthumously right. with Nancy Marchand because she did die. Right. Leading up to this. I mean, that's my theory. Who yeah. knows? But yeah, Nancy Marchand, Livia Soprano, did die between uh, the completion of season two and the beginning of production in season three. Mm -hmm. And so obviously that had to be addressed. And we have this scene uh, with with Tony and Livia. You know, it's an interesting scene. I think that you need it. It's It's debatable how much you need this scene. Yeah. Um, especially since it's very clear that they did not have Nancy Marchand um, available, you know. And so right. uh, they employ, you know, a variety of techniques to kind of digitally recreate mm -hmm. Livia. 
Um, so it seems like it's a body double mixed with some CG that they took from previous scenes that she had done. And then every line that she speaks is kind of like copied and pasted from previous episodes. Right. And it, you know, it works well enough, but it's like very obvious that that's what they did. Yeah. I even think at the beginning, some of the dialogue between Tony and then her responses, Mm -hmm. they are choppy at best. Mm Mm-hmm. He walks in, and she says, Look who calls. Well, actually, I'm standing here in front of you. And it was just like, mm-hmm. it, it, it was. It felt choppy. Some parts moved along nicely, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine it was a difficult scene to shoot yeah. just with the emotion of it on top of the fact that you're not talking to that person. Yeah. Somebody's probably reading the lines from the side. Right. You know, that's... Or it's the double that's just standing in, yeah. in place. Yeah, that double sitting there. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gone back and forth on like, oh, did we really need to have this scene? But I think that you do because this is, of course, the episode in which Livia dies. Yeah. And uh, you do need to have a presence from Nancy Marchand, from Livia in mm-hmm. this episode. You could theoretically just jump ahead to when Tony finds out. But I think that you need this moment. So they were like, okay, we're just going to do the best we can. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a little awkward, but we have to have one last scene, you know? And the narrative purpose of this scene, it just kind of goes to uh, what Tony would naturally be concerned about, which is, you know, where we left off in the previous season uh, you know, the airline tickets that he gave her, she was nabbed at the airport because, of course, those tickets were stolen. And so the feds are building the RICO case against him. And, you know, he goes to Olivia to say, look, like, keep your mouth shut. You know, mm-hmm. just all the obvious things that Tony would say. Right. And, uh, you know, she's just not interested in hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, she's not. Yeah, they yeah. do a good job mm-hmm. um, of that. That is, yeah, the point of this scene yeah. it's a big thing because it's kind of looming over tony right it's a weight that he knows he has to yeah. figure out but i like how at the conclusion of this scene you know he's just so flustered again and he just says you know he goes into like if you take the stand this is what you have to do you have to be really careful yeah uh but then when she's not cooperating really he's just like, fuck it, do whatever you want. He looks like he wants to give her airline tickets again (laughs) (laughs) just to get rid of her. That's really true. (laughs) And Svetlana seems like she's actually handling Livia all Mm -hmm. right. Now, whether that's because it's a digital Livia or not, we may never know. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Tony returns home and uh, he sits down to watch Public Enemy. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, Meadow confronts him in a way. Right. And he kind of confronts her in a way. They don't get into like the full-blown argument, but she sort of hints at him like, oh, did something happen with Noah? Did you do something? Did you say something? And then Tony is like, yeah, uh, don't bring a black kid to my house (laughs) and say that's your boyfriend. Although he doesn't say it (laughs) like really, you know, outright. He does have, again, sort of a what I consider to be a humorous line. Well, you didn't hear me? Maybe if I say it in Swahili. (laughs) Right. You know, it's like... He's saying it right there, yeah. Yeah, and so she kind of knows. I mean, I've always thought that this was interesting because, you know, Meadow grew up with her father, obviously. Um, Is she really that surprised? Sure. You know, 
I always wonder about that. Sure. With, mm. you know, when it comes to kids that have racist parents. Yeah. You know. Is he overtly racist in front of his children? It seems like he's not. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like he's not. And I also think that, you know, when it comes to the subject of Tony's racism, he's not, it's not about hatred, you know. I think it's more just about kind of what he says, which is they do their thing over there. And it doesn't cross over to us. Right. And we do our thing and it shouldn't cross over to them. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's still racism, but that's kind of what it is versus, you know, something a little bit more of like, you know, a little bit more (laughs) KKK-ish, you know. (laughs) Right. Or whatever uh, the many saints of Newark might show us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good plug. Yeah. (laughs) I have to plug the movie that's (laughs) not made yet, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're right. And I think that if anything, the children got some of the racism from Livia. Oh, sure. Right. When they were growing up and then they just assumed their father had matured from whatever their fifties grandmother Mm -hmm. learned and grew up with. Yeah. And then at this point I thought Tony was going outside to like play a prank on either Noah or the Kusamanos, like this of him going outside to just move the sprinkler. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I was like, I was waiting for, for mm-hmm. something to occur, but it's just yeah. sort of needed for a transition to get him out of the house, back in the house to be confronted right. by his family. Yeah. It's interesting when he goes out here, I'm like, wait, what is Tony doing? Like, yeah. so he has a cigar. I mean, again, we see that this situation, just even talking about Noah stresses him out so much because this whole interracial concept is such a taboo to him that like when he talks about it he literally has to like excuse himself just to like blow off steam or he needs to stuff his face or whatever right right it's so upsetting to him um but then the way that he sort of just lets the sprinkler uh like the the hose like sprinkle on him Mm -hmm. i I just thought that was kind of an interesting moment yeah yeah because he, he comes in wet. He does come in wet. Yeah. He does. And he gets the news that Livia has died. And you can't at first tell mm-hmm. how he's feeling. James Gandolfini yeah. does a really good job because he can't believe it, but you don't see relief yet mm-hmm. in his face or in his expression because he does tell his kids how much their grandmother loved them. And he's more shocked than anything. Surprised. Yeah. buy it it's a really really good moment from Gandolfini absolutely I yeah I mean this is such a important moment like if you know this show then you know what this moment means to Tony and to all of the characters I mean of course Livia was really the engine behind this series in the first place I mean yeah. the, the history of the Sopranos is that it started as a feature film that David Chase um, had the concept for and he always described it as specifically you know, a mob boss versus his mom, Hmm. you know, that was very much kind of, so, so Livia is really, you know, the, the, the crux, like the nucleus of this show in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so, you know, Nancy Marchand died. And so Livia has now died. And, you know, how is this going to affect everything going forward, you know, in this episode? Yeah. And I think that Chase, and I'm sure he got help from his writers, but you know, it's like they really settled on a really interesting way to kind of address what the absence of Livia would mean to all of these people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it's an interesting shot in the next scene when they arrive at Livia's house, Mm -hmm. that long uh, shot of the shadows, the long shadows of the street, people in the street, just these shadowy figures as Livia is being carried away. I thought that was really, yeah, yeah. Carried away by the ambulance. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was really interesting. The way that those like kids or whatever seem to be in the middle of the street late at night with that dog. And they sort of just eerily watch this ambulance, you know, with Mm -hmm. Livia's body just sort of drive off. I mean, what's Livia to them? I mean, perhaps they knew her, you know, as neighbors. Sure. And so maybe they know what's going on. But yeah. Yeah, it yeah. it actually made me think of and I will probably be the only one who thought of this, mm-hmm. but it made me think of the movie Ghost. Oh yeah. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. With Patrick Swayze because when people would die in that, mm-hmm. like bad people mm-hmm. would die, the shadows of the surrounding area were turned to like little devils that would carry oh, the person's right. soul I remember that. off to hell. I remember that. And yeah. it just kind of felt very dark yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, with Tony staring off. Mm -hmm. I love Svetlana here because Svetlana is a very, very strong character. Like, you could tell, like, she doesn't mince words. Right. And I love how she told Tony. So, she will not be finishing journal. I break promise to you, Tony. It does not often happen with me that these old ones get away with something. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So about Svetlana's awesome. You know, she's got the prosthetic leg. She's always got a cigarette in hand. Yeah. And she's just sort of like classic what you imagine like a tough Russian woman to be. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's yeah. been through things. She's been through a few things. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you know, we, we, we get a nice little joke in here. Um, the baby books, which were addressed in that final Olivia scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the the grandma remembers books and she you know carmela like gave them to her to write her memories down you know when the kids were born uh you know 16 years prior or whatever right. and of course livia never even touched them no. and then uh you get a great moment from edie falco here like just her expression is like yeah it sounds about right yeah that sounds like uh it sounds like livia yeah. that yeah. sounds like ma exactly yeah. Exactly. And then we go back to the Soprano house mm-hmm. and we get this moment of Meadow teaching AJ about Robert Frost. Yeah. And this poem about death. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting with the Noah angle and everything that it's repeated mm-hmm. when AJ says, I thought black was death. White too. Yeah. I noticed that too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe Chase is making a statement there just as an aside, like, mm-hmm. okay, in Tony's mind, Black is bad, mm-hmm. but we could see that Tony, as a white man, mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then we get another little eerie moment following that. You know, how yeah. is this? How is this affecting AJ? I mean, we know that AJ has limited like emotional means to process things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as we see, he's like so flustered by trying to, you know, uh, to process Frost. Right. And analyze, you know, do a close read on Frost or whatever. And then he hears some noises. He goes downstairs and AJ's like, Grandma. Right. You know, so interesting moment there. I mean, you're yeah. talking about ghosts. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it won't be the last moment, you know, that we get a little ghostly, you know, visitation mm-hmm. in a sense um, in this episode. And then we pick up with Tony taking charge, making the arrangements uh, in terms of, you know, how they're going to 
uh, do a funeral service mm-hmm. for Livia. Um, he's talking to Barb, his sister. She's very upset. Yeah, very upset. And uh, we get a really important detail. You know, they're talking about, okay, well, what do we do? You know, just the natural thing that, you know, the kids would do in this situation. And we get the very important plot point that Livia wanted no remembrance of any kind. Right. Uh, no service, you know, no funeral, no wake, no nothing. She wanted absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think yeah. the kids don't entirely accept that they feel right. like they should do right a little something at at the very least um at least barbara is kind of hinting at that yeah so barbara is going to call janice mm-hmm. about it to to update her and this send-off is very sweet mm-hmm. uh from carmela and tony and svetlana mm-hmm. you know the the little toast about goodbye little livia right um yeah very very sweet and right. again, I think Svetlana is a caricature of herself. This, yeah. <laughs> this cigarette hanging out of her mouth, yeah. bottle of vodka in her hand. Yeah. And she has a wooden leg. It's just. Right. Or prosthetic, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I should say she's, <laughs> not, what, she's not a pirate. Yeah, she's not a pirate <laughs> clomping around <laughs> like it's the late 1800s. Uh, but yeah, no, we do get that moment where where Tony, you know, drinks to his mom and, and so does Carmela. Um, you get a nice like push in on Tony. It's, it's weird. I mean, I think even if they didn't have the very complicated relationship that they did, uh, you know, this is still sort of, um, I think, you know, it's just relatable, you know, no matter what, I think if you are middle age, you know, you lose your parent, there's a lot going on, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot like on one hand, it's maybe not shocking to lose an elderly parent, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, it it can be hard. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if she tried to have you murdered, mm-hmm. that, you know, the emotions are high. Yes, for sure. Yes. So we get back to the house, and Tony is visited by Polly, Sill, mm-hmm. and Christopher, and these guys know the situation. They mm-hmm. know what Livia and Junior did. Right? They mm-hmm. know that Livia was part of that scheme. Yeah. So this whole fake, you know, sadness and mm-hmm. mourning is very funny to watch because no one really has yeah. the words, especially Tony. Yeah. Yeah. You know, major theme of this episode that, you know, we should probably state as we get closer to the end of our discussion of mm-hmm. this one, but there's like a few themes here you know and again i hinted at it earlier but i just kind of really like what david chase david chase used the the real life you know loss of this actress Mm -hmm. to kind of craft a story that featured a lot of his observations about how people conduct themselves Hmm. in the in the grieving process you know the remembrance process with a lot of his you know trademark cynicism (laughs) yes Yes, for sure. When Carmela's parents come over, Carmela's father asks, how is he doing? And we get Tony in the distance. I want the fuck, goddamn fucking bitch. Right. And of course he's talking about Janice. Yeah. Because Janice is back. Just one episode. Right. We, we only had a, to be without Janice for, yeah. or no, two episodes, I should say. Two, yeah. Two full episodes. Right. Um, so we get Tony being told by Barbara that Janice does not want to come out mm-hmm. for it. And Tony finds out what being on the phone with Janice, it has to do with a little, little something. 
that yeah. happened right with janice in new jersey yeah yeah there's that simple you know oh remember when you shot your fiance at close range <laughs> right <laughs> but she already has a new fiance yeah and that how guy... funny is that this guy looks like he's still in high school oh my god it, it's yeah. hysterical yeah that this little guy in the room with her mm-hmm. is her fiance and they both have their uniforms on. They both right. work at Subway or something. You know, <laughs> it looks like they're at some fast food place. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But Tony making a promise to Janice: mm-hmm. if she does show up, then she can come in. Um, you know, reap the mm-hmm. rewards of the estate. If she doesn't come, well, then whatever hidden treasure mm-hmm. that might be in the house that mm-hmm. Janice thinks might be in the house, she gets none of it. She won't get yeah. any of the estate if she show if she doesn't show up. What I think is interesting too is just how how upset Tony is that Janice would consider to not you know come to the funeral. Sure, because you know Tony has mixed feelings about Livia. He definitely has mixed feelings about Janice. But with Tony, what's right is right, and when you are a child, then you have to honor your parent no matter what. And so he yeah. wants the family there, you know together even offers uh, to have harpo yeah sorry how right come out as well yeah but janice very sadly states how he's now a street person he's a street person yeah yeah her son her long lost a paver. son yeah yeah and then we cut to tony continuing public enemy right so why is this movie i know you know this answer mm-hmm. you must know this answer yeah because i don't really know the answer sure but what is the significance to David Chase of the movie Public Enemy? Well, it's a classic gangster film, right? I mean, that's clear with every shot. And mm-hmm. uh, Chase has said that it's his favorite movie. Oh, okay. So, so there that's you go. The it's pretty simple. Yeah. And yeah. it has a very strong yeah. mother character. Exactly. For Cagney. Right, right. And so it's just great how... I mean, I think even Chase has said that in his mind, it's also... Tony's favorite movie, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I mean, we see Tony when they're watching the film, uh, Noah and Meadow at the beginning. He's like, oh, Public Enemy, you know what I mean? Like, it's this is significant to him. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it becomes this running thread. You know, the, the way that I feel about this film and how it relates to Tony in this episode is that, in a way, it almost replaces Melfi. Oh, you interesting. Know? It's like every time he returns to this movie to just watch it and process it, you sense some sort of deepening catharsis maybe yeah catharsis or sort of emotional development or advancement in terms Mm -hmm. of how he's dealing with the death of his mother because of course right before he continues the film he wakes up you know he just can't sleep right uh you know he's just staring wide awake in the middle of the night you know up at the ceiling so you know he goes down to like sort of soothe himself with this film yeah and the fbi is still listening so what we set up in episode one of the season is continuing that hasn't stopped it never ends mm-hmm. the lamp is still recording and tony comes up again with a box of honeycomb yes to be surprised by members of his crew yeah like he's got almost everybody there right in his kitchen and we get this introduction a soft introduction to a character named ralph Cifaretto. right played by joe Pantaleano. Yeah. The great Joe Pantaleano. Right. It's so weird, this character of Ralph. Uh, I always forget the Joe Pantoliano. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, such a great actor. He's got so many classic, iconic roles mm-hmm. under his belt. And he is, you know, spoiler alert, a significant part of this show yeah. from this moment forward. But <laughs> I always forget that he's like in this show. It's so weird. And I think the simple reason is it's because he's one of the characters who would become a regular who was like very fully established before the show started. Mm. Oh, I mean, sure. he's maybe the only one I would sure. say. Sure. Oh, I could, yeah, I could, you know, I could definitely agree with that. that yeah. The actor is already right. established coming into yeah. a now established TV yeah. show and becoming a regular. Yeah. Joe Pantoliano was very much full fledged a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I think that the year that this show started, he was in the matrix, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, everyone knows who this guy is. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I always forget to associate him with this series, mm-hmm. but he's such a significant part of it. And he's so great, you know, from moment one. Yeah. And we know that he's kind of taken over Richie's crew. That's, That's what right. we learn. Yeah. And this introduction, though, of Ralphie, very different from the introduction of Richie. Mm-hmm. Richie's introduction was coffee pot to the head. Mm-hmm. And Ralphie is crying. Yeah. And mourning the loss of Livia yeah. because he just recently lost his mother. He's, he's got this odd sensitivity to right. him that's coming out like tears literally yeah. in his eyes and he's a bit of a dandy in terms oh, of how he dresses oh my goodness a dandy <laughs> i mean I, I hope we use that word again in this <laughs> in this show <laughs> i never thought dandy would come you out. never thought that no. word would come up uh well it has yeah. and it shall come up again i agree dandy is a good word to describe his dress a dandy-ish you Dandy-ish, know? yeah yeah and and his hair i mean once again, they were like, we're introducing this guy. Uh, we're introducing a new guy. How is he going to be different from all the other guys? Mm-hmm. How can we create a new character here that's going to stand out in a way? Right. And so they settled on wardrobe and hair choices mm-hmm. and you know characterization choices that right away, without any exposition, you understand, oh, this is this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Tony can't take the morning, right? Right. So he's singling out a few of the guys, Ralphie, Albert... They're mm-hmm. going to go outside. In the meantime... Rito, I have a show you down. I, I caught that. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Because <laughs> doesn't even, like, flinch. <laughs> right. It's just like, that's probably a good idea. I will. I will get a show you down. It's such a stupid fat joke. But, like, <laughs> just the fact that they put it in there, you know, oh, yeah. you love it. Oh, yeah. You have to love it. Yeah. So this the opening of the show, this episode, was about the firebomb in the garbage truck. And what we learn yeah. is this is inter-turf war. This isn't even turf war with a different family. This right. is two crews, Albert, the Barisi crew, mm-hmm. and the April crew going at it, now in charge, uh, taken charge by Ralph and by Albert. Yeah. And... Already, we can kind of see a tension, just a small tension brewing between Tony and Ralphie because Ralphie assumes that he is de facto captain mm-hmm. of this crew. And Tony's putting his foot down like, no one is captain of a crew until I say, Exactly. You're captain of the crew. And Ralph has that very funny line. And I'm going to turn up my hearing aid so I don't miss it. Are you going to get cute with me? Right. Yeah. Smart ass. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Like you said, tension right away. Mm-hmm. 
And then we get this thing that it does not come up again in this episode. But the scene ends with the FBI listening to AJ plotting something mm-hmm. with his friend on the phone. Yeah, yeah, but they're going to cut class and do something. But nothing nothing happens. Right. It seemed like an odd beat. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Do, you, do you see a point to what right. that ending was for the scene? I mean, my guess is maybe there was more material in this storyline and uh, they just cut it. Hmm. Why didn't they cut the entire thing? Who knows? Yeah. But, you know, maybe it just serves to say, like, the feds are continuing to monitor. Mm-hmm. They're getting nothing of any significance whatsoever. That's a good point. Yeah. So Janice is home and is very upset. It looks like the death of her mother is hitting her quite hard. And she cannot believe that Livia would not want a service mm-hmm. at all. So now they're having a whole to do. Right. They just came out and Tony's just had enough and he said put it together whatever it is I'll pay for it let's just get this over with at the mortuary that's where we're at yeah exactly Cosarelli and there's um, there's more Godfather references in this scene oh Uh, so when Cosarelli the undertaker you know mortuary guy uh, when he comes down or comes up in the elevator that's a direct quote of like the exact same shot is done in The Godfather after oh. Sonny Corleone is killed. Yes. And Vito Corleone, played by Brando, you know, arrives to oversee, you know, the details of how they're going to bury his son. And so that was just a thing that, uh, you know, Chase, I guess, thought would be funny to do for mm-hmm. this, to have, you know, this Godfather reference. And mm-hmm. then also, Casarelli says, I'll use all my powers, you know, all my skills. Again, that's actually from the Godfather. Funny. And then Tony says, oh, don't go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, I like that. And we can really see that Janice is back in full force. No, no stopping her reintroduction mm-hmm. back into the show. And Tony kind of makes it clear he doesn't want any of that California bullshit that whatever she's planning, forget it. It's not going to happen. We're going to have the traditional funeral wake stuff. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. And then we do get our Melfi scene. And Tony's kind of surprised. She's, out of everybody, is not giving her condolences. And that's kind of her job. Mm Mm-hmm. And it does propel Tony into his own revelation that he is relieved. He's absolutely relieved that she's dead. Yeah, it's complicated because, you know, this scene, in terms of what Tony is expressing, it feels a little bit forced, too, where he's like, oh, I don't care that she's dead. In fact, I hope she would die. And it's like, I don't really think that that's true. You know, I think that he's kind of just saying it. I mean, I think that, as Melfi points out, it's not unusual. You know, she says it's a taboo subject, but, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, when you have a parent that's not doing well health-wise and you yourself are, like, an adult, you know, middle-aged or whatever, you know, sometimes you wish that this, you know, old person would just sort of go away Mm -hmm. and, you know, not be dragging you down or themselves down anymore or whatever. And I think that for Tony, it's a little bit more than that, where it's like, yes, that's true. But also, you know, that was still his mom. So he's still sad, even though, you know, Livia betrayed him in the most ultimate way. And potentially could still betray him. And would have done it again, Mm -hmm. possibly. 
you know, so part of him is like, yeah, a major problem has sort of just been swept off of my plate. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, that's his mom. Yeah. And I think to Tony and then maybe even to the audience, when Livia, the catalyst mm-hmm. for this whole series that led Tony to where he is now, you know, with her gone, that's like the tumor being removed from mm-hmm. the problem. And Tony says, so this is over. You know, mm-hmm. therapy, probably don't need it anymore because mm-hmm. she's gone. Right. Which we know that's not the case. That couldn't be the case. No way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, you know, Melfi has always really pushed Tony to kind of acknowledge Olivia's the most significant source of of stress and strife in his life and so now mm-hmm. that she's gone he is sort of like well yeah what what next yeah right? i mean you're the one who was always saying that my mom was like the biggest deal so now what right and then we cut to raymond mm-hmm. who we haven't seen for a while that's right probably even since season one was he picked up by junior when junior got Bust by like, the FBI? I don't think that he was. Okay, he was. You know, we have to go back and look at that. I don't think that he was. Was he a captain? I'm I'm yeah. confused of his status at this point. I really don't know, yeah. but he is obviously working for the feds. Right. Happily. Happily. Working for no them. conflict whatsoever. I mean, they're gonna buy batteries together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most <laughs> casual thing for him in the world, to the point where you must think, like, oh, he's been doing this for years. Like mm-hmm. this is nothing for him. It just doesn't matter. So yeah. he's gonna wear a wire to the funeral. Yeah. And Janice, meanwhile, is looking for the buried treasure at oh, yeah. the bottom of the house. Yeah, literally. In the basement. She's got her hammer. She's got her her juice glass <laughs> yeah. pressed, right. you know, to the wall. She's she's tapping the wall in different mm-hmm. places. Uh, it, it's quite comical. Yeah, but, but we get this very soft moment here of the discovery that out of everything that was saved of the children's schoolwork, Tony had all Mm -hmm. yeah most if not all Mm -hmm. of his schoolwork saved his letterman lapel from his sports jacket being on the football team he's very surprised it's just another kind of layer of mystery you know Mm -hmm. uh all of the hate that livia directed his way over the course of his life and then they make this discovery that implies that he was maybe her favorite child or if not like that direct you know, just he he took a very serious significance to her. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So he's not really sure what to do with that. Yeah. And this leads us into one of two very big scenes. Mm-hmm. This is the funeral. Is the first one here mm-hmm. in the funeral scene, and just very funny how everyone is pissed. Yeah. That they have to go to this funeral. Right. On this day of all days for Syl to be missing the Jets opening. Mm-hmm. And then we see that Aid and Chris and Furio have to just be high out of their gourd yeah. to get through yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so good. It's just right. very, very funny. Very funny. Yeah. I mean, big theme in this episode uh, that I was talking about before, which is that, you know, Chase wanted to use this episode to kind of poke fun at the way people act at funerals, you know, where everyone feels, I mean, of course, when you're at a funeral, there is going to be a lot of genuine grief, but uh, not everyone's going to feel that, that attends the funeral, but you do feel that like, 
you know, a lot of times you go to a funeral, if you didn't know the person very well, you go, you pay your respects, that's the expression, and then you go on about your day. Yeah. Like, your day's not ruined, yeah. you know? Um, and so, with some of these these characters that, like, didn't have a day-to-day relationship to Livia, you know, we see how, obviously, Tony's their boss, their leader, they have to make this very big show of mourning alongside him. Yeah. But, you know, the truth is they don't really give a shit. Absolutely Because not. they can't. You yeah. know, they they didn't have that emotional tie to Olivia, but they still have to put on the show. Yeah. And that's what Chase is saying with mm-hmm. these scenes. Like, yeah, you've done it too. Yeah. I enjoyed the detail of the moment where Tony catches a glimpse of Ralph and Carm mm-hmm. talking, and he doesn't like it. Yeah. It's a small detail there, yeah. but he really doesn't like that. The yeah. dandy. Right. <laughs> you know, there's lots of great little moments in this scene. As we just sort of watch characters watching other characters, mm-hmm. you know. Right, Meadow uh, sees. Right. So she's confused a little bit or, you know, is just kind of, I mean, maybe. No, she yeah. probably is confused. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. understand why he could be so negative towards Noah. Right. But he's got the reverend there and talking to, which she probably knows is an assemblyman mm-hmm. of Newark. Mm-hmm. And this is very odd for her to see. Yeah this that these three men mm-hmm. this strange mm-hmm. congregation of men yeah uh are happily talking to one right. another right with no feud yeah exactly yeah you know tony uh warmly shakes this black man's hand is very friendly towards him mm-hmm. you know in the earlier scene uh he unleashed like five racial slurs in a row you know right about black people so she is kind of like, what's this about? You know, who yeah. is this guy? <laughs> yeah. And then Junior arrives. Yeah. Fully uh, grieving. Right. For the of course. Loss of Livia, as he would. Well, he's like the last man standing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he feels like it's right to talk to Carmela mm-hmm. and break the ice. Right. And I just, I very much appreciated this moment and this scene from Edie Falco. Mm-hmm. Because we know that Carmela hates Junior at this mm-hmm. point. And this scene, this tension here, very nicely p- played by Edie Falco. And right. uh, it's, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, that's followed by, uh, you know, Junior uh, giving AJ the most intense, yes. you know, cheek tweak <laughs> of all time. Cheek tweak, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm pretty sure he had mentioned giving yeah. AJ that surfboard in a previous say. episode. Yeah. And like, now all, after all yeah. this time, asking about it. Right. I mean, does that go back to the pilot? Because, of course, AJ's birthday was right. the big gathering in the pilot that, yeah. you know, that all the characters gathered for. So maybe the, the surfboard was mentioned in that episode. Mm. Yeah. But then we get this discussion between Tony and Junior, and it's a good one. Yeah. Because we get a reemphasis of where Junior stands, right? He's the boss and title only and because he assumes he has the title he wants ralphie to be captain and tony just smacks that idea down because lest we forget junior was very soft to richie as well right so maybe junior is not the best at interpreting who should be in what positions where yeah yeah yeah, yeah, no, he brings that up, you know, because Junior <laughs> <laughs> refers to, I mean, Junior knows what actually happened to Richie. He has to, but, you know, of course he uses the, the kind of You think of he knows that Janice shot him? Oh, I don't think he knows that, 
necessarily. Oh, okay. but, they, but he he's knows definitely that not he in the witness killed. protection. Bro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have to remember, the last thing Junior said was, uh, yeah, Richie's making a move against you. And then as far as he knows, you know, Richie disappeared forever. That's so true. I think he just assumes that Richie was formally whacked. Yes. That Tony did get yeah. to him first. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he's like... The kid's been a top fucking earner ever since that rat bastard went in the program. You can't deny it. Rafi's whipped Richie's crew into shape over there. And three months ago, by you, the rat bastard was the second fucking coming. Why do you do this to me? Right, right, right. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Tony firmly puts Junior in his place, and mm-hmm. you know, Junior just has to take it. Yeah, and we get the last shot in this scene. Raymond is there, mm-hmm. and he's talking to Barbara at this point. Right. I mean, nothing sinister, but yeah, it's just a, a shot there mm-hmm. reemphasizing that, hey, there's a rat right there mm-hmm. in the funeral home. Yeah, and it continues that theme, you know, um, established with the previous episode. The feds definitely have a presence. They've infiltrated, maybe not in a major way yet, but, you know, they're there. Yeah. They're always at the margins. Mm -hmm. One of the previous scenes where Tony was outside by his pool talking to Ralphie and Albert made an emphasis of no more fires. Don't send any more fires to everybody's trucks and we can move along. Yeah, settle this. this dispute between you guys. You guys need to stop fighting and just figure it out. And now we kind of get to see how Ralphie, who he really is. This dandy. This dandy. Because he goes off on the guy, Zachary, that they brought up. That Mm -hmm. is the in-between of this whole dispute. And they beat the shit out of him at the order of Ralphie, who's just sitting there watching it. Mm -hmm. Unfixed. Unmoving. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's he's a cold-blooded guy. You gotta watch out for this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and think, Tony knows that already. And yeah, I think we can state that Ralphie has supplanted Richie as the series psychopath. True. Yeah. Yeah, he's That's a different to say. Yeah, he's a different kind of psycho, mm-hmm. but he's definitely psycho. So now we return to Tony watching Public Enemy. This is the scene where uh, Cagney's character collapses in the street, you know, after being shot or whatever. I actually did watch this movie years ago. Mm when I was first getting into this show. I don't really remember the plot that well, but it's a good movie. Uh, You know, classic old gangster film. You know, in this film, uh, within the show, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as he's watching Public Enemy, you know, this uh, character of the mom, you know, is an important reference for Tony. You know, the way that she is at the hospital to visit her son, you know, after he's been hurt. And is it really clear what tony's feeling i mean he smiles he likes seeing this mom character going to comfort her son you know Mm -hmm. who knows exactly what that means to tony but it you know we can guess yeah and the next day they're burying livia Mm -hmm. and really this scene is just the this now tension building between janice and svetlana yeah because janice really wants to get back into the way she had it before. Of course. You know, she wants the house back. She wants to be back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Svetlana, again, with this great line. She was much work, but in the end, she defeated me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in death, <laughs> right. she defeated Svetlana. So dramatic. And yeah. Janice is just so petty. It's hilarious. About the albums, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, just ridiculous. Because she I mean, found out Svetlana yeah. was given as by, a gift yeah you know and those are you know svetlana is to keep but you know janice is not having it she's like i don't care what my mom did you yeah. know and it's for <laughs> this theme of janice you know 
just not respecting Livia's wishes at all. Right. You know, pushing so hard for the service and the yeah. funeral and all of that. You know, so it's just classic Janice. Yeah, she's going kind of boss mode. Yeah. On Svetlana here, who yeah. doesn't give a shit right. about it. Yeah. And then this flashback scene mm-hmm. with Artie when he found out about Vesuvio when Livia told him about the that Tony burned it down. Yeah, in the season one finale. Interesting that we get this scene in its entirety. Yeah, I mean it's cut up a little bit, but yeah, yeah. we get we get a large portion right. of this scene. Yeah, for sure. and so uh, and then we cut to Artie. You know, it's it's that night. You know, uh, the following the wake. Yeah. yeah, the wake. You know, and it, it just does. You know, it's an interesting sort of beat. You know, he's very very deep. And thought very solemn. This is very triggering for him. It's not that he misses Livia. It just reminds him of this terrible thing that happened. Yes. Uh, with his friend that he will never be able to really address. Yeah. And reminds you know? us how yeah. Livia has affected many people. That's the point, in right? In her life. Yeah. How did Livia affect these different people in different ways? How did she, you know, <laughs> ruin lives in different ways? Right. You know, there's no reason why. Artie ever had to know this, but you know, right? Um, she did it on purpose, of course. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah, the uh, joke that Hesh is telling, mm-hmm. I really like this. Right, so the mm-hmm. guys are trying to enjoy it. Tony walks by, it shuts them up. Mm-hmm. But I like it because it's foreshadowing the same exact thing later on will mm-hmm. happen to Hesh. Yeah, he will be put in the position where he. Will not know what to say right. about the woman that they're all there for. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. And I also liked the little detail in this in this sequence, which kind of uh will kind of complete this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, over yeah. the this next is the second big fifteen scene. minutes or so yeah. of the episode. Uh but you know, Tony's keeping keeping a close eye on Meadow and notices her, you know, repeat that phrase that she's obviously been overhearing a lot recently. At least she didn't suffer. Yeah. You know, and it kind of makes Tony sad in a way to see, you know, he he brings it up to Carmela like she's becoming a robot just like the rest of us. And I yeah. think, you know, this is all just very big in Tony's mind right now. You know, even if it wasn't Noah that she had brought home, he would still be thinking probably some heavy thoughts of my daughter's getting older now. She's sure. in college. She's going to be following, falling in love and, you know, meeting men and stuff like that. And so, you know, he's accepting that his daughter is not like a little girl anymore. Yeah. Then we get this shot that, uh, I mean, I really liked it. When Tony opens the closet door with the mirror on it. Right. And Polly's there with Furio. Furio's talking about survivor but we get the reflection when he opens it up of big pussy right standing there and yeah tony, vincent pastor is there yeah yeah and tony definitely has a moment of feeling his presence mm-hmm. in a way whatever it is that shot spooks tony and again we're going straight into tony's point of view mm-hmm. right fully mm-hmm. like this is we're seeing something come up from his subconscious here right. with the shot of big pussy and i hate to bring it up again but no one's complained thus far so i will continue to say this is a very macbeth uh situation going oh. on here if anybody's read the play yeah banquo was a good friend of macbeth yeah. who he killed right and comes back to haunt him now we're not going to get this show's not going to turn into a haunting yeah but you mentioned it earlier we get another ghostly kind right. of occurrence and this is it. And I, you know, I just 
see similarities here with Shakespeare a lot now that I'm watching this again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the words of Artie Bucco, uh, honestly, I, I feel vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. I mean, these uh, writers are very up on their literary illusions. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that that's absolutely intentional. And it is cool to see, you know, Big Pussy here just for this split second in that kind of ghostly, eerie way. Because it's not quite clear what the point is. But there's many, you know, you just sort of get it emotionally. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're at a wake. So yeah. the the theme of death is mm-hmm. is here. Uh, and it's very cool how it shakes Tony. Like, we can right. clearly see that that... It, that thought of Big Pussy passed through his mind. I also think, too, you know, Big Pussy being such a big part of Tony's life, you know, uh, so significant to him as a friend. And I think it affects Tony a little bit that, you know, Pussy will never have this done for him mm. and never did have it done for him mm. and perhaps yeah. should have, you know. I mean, there's no way because he was a rat bastard and, you know, they killed him and they dumped his body in the ocean. But... You know, (laughs) ideally, Pussy would have lived a long life, died of natural causes. And then if Tony was still around himself, you know, he would have seen to the respectful burial of his friend. Yeah. 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 So Janice brings in that California bullshit that she said she would. And this just starts just a great sequence here. Oh, yeah. The centerpiece of the of the episode, for sure. Mm hmm. I mean, it, it's so uncomfortable Yeah, on so many levels for so many characters. Everyone can't stand it. Carmela is heavily drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, Janice forces Hesh to mm-hmm. speak first. The guy who was mm-hmm. telling a joke about, you know, speaking up about right. somebody now has to speak up. Now has to speak up. He has nothing to say. Right before this, we get a really, really nice visual gag. Mm. of um tony as he's standing incredibly pissed off Mm -hmm. that you know janice has basically forced this thing to happen against his wishes you know he very deliberately told her we're not going to do this yeah and she's just rammed it down everyone's throat so he's extremely upset but he is standing there you know he's not going to make a spectacle of himself there's a little gag in this shot we're on tony and then out of focus in the background (laughs) we see this guy come down the stairs (laughs) And then he sees what's happening, and he goes right back yeah, up. Yeah, he's like, fuck that. Amazing joke. So good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. And when, yeah, when Hesh says, I, I really like when he said between brain and mouth, there was no interlocutor, mm-hmm. because the reaction shot of Polly and Furio, even Furio is like, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 Shoot, shoot. That, that, that is true about her, for sure. Right. No, no I mean, interlocutor. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just this really ridiculous scene because, again, it comes to that sort of thing of all of these characters know who Livia was, even if they weren't close to her, even though even if they didn't like really deal with her directly, mm-hmm. they still know that she was like a fairly unpleasant person yeah. that caused a lot of like disharmony and discord and so it's a little hard to you know say yeah. kind things about a person and and again i think it goes that's what chase is saying or it's like you know when a person dies you know obviously we do and and probably should say good things about them but not everyone can have a bunch of great things said about them yeah you know and even in those moments though when you're at the funeral of such a person you're still going to feel compelled 
to say something positive to sort of repaint the picture and you know sometimes that's just bullshit yeah. you know yeah yeah it is and then from way back in the corner of the room mm-hmm. we get fanny who was the woman i believe that livia hit with her car in her own driveway right. <laughs> not, i wasn't sure I'm but pretty yeah. sure it is yeah who is now just feeble in a wheelchair Due to the woman mm-hmm. that they're all there for. Of course, yeah. Very funny. Yeah. And what she says is is hilarious. Her her positive remembrance is that... If anybody died or was in the hospital, I could be sure I'd get a call from Lee letting me know. Right. You know, and it's like, ah, it's Olivia. Yeah, then we get Janice's speech, too, which mm-hmm. is so ridiculous, ending with, she's the reason I make videos today. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's priceless priceless and then it doesn't stop there right because we get christopher's philosophical rant yeah about no two people being alike mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah this this is, this is heavy this is uh really well written because it's just a perfect example of of what this kind of super stone gibberish yes. sounds like <laughs> And Michael Imperioli, yeah. oh man, yeah, he plays it, mm-hmm. right? Perfection. Yeah, yeah. No, he's really good. Dre De Matteo next to him is really good too. I mean, because she's just as high as he is, <laughs> and everyone's just there, confused. Uh, we get another nice little uh, background gag where Artie sort of slips away. Yes. You know, he, he I think he has a little bit of a drake and then he's like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to walk away now. Yeah. And he just sort of goes away. And then we get a nice little scene between him and Tony. Right. Because Tony outside. leaves because yeah. again, somebody says, at least she didn't suffer. Right. And he's had it. Yeah. With that bullshit. Yeah. And yeah, they have this little tiff outside because Artie confronts him again. Mm-hmm. Because of course, the secret dies with Livia that Tony burned down Vesuvio, the original yeah. Vesuvio. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting. Tony doesn't even really argue or fight Artie here. Yeah. He sort of just takes it. You know, Tony's just kind of in his own thoughts. He's in his own place. <laughs> and that's just where he's going to be. You know, he's reflecting in his own way. Artie is sort of like in his face getting mad, but Tony's just kind of like whatever. He just lets right. it happen. Oh, yeah. Artie, know? I think, is one of the few characters right. that gets who gets away with this quite frequently. Exactly. And I think Tony lets him Yeah, to be- a certain degree. Yeah, exactly. Because Tony knows that he can't really bring himself to hurt Artie. Yeah, he's not threatened by whatever. Yeah. Except when Artie says, I got words. I got things to yeah. say. <laughs> and then Tony's like, yeah. Get the fuck back here. Yeah. But even then, it's kind of hubris. <laughs> Tony's like, don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we cut back to Christopher. Yeah. He's still going on. Right. And then he can't complete his thought. Mm-hmm. Just a perfect ending to what could have made some sense. Mm-hmm. But he just fades <laughs> away and Hesh yeah. is staring at him like, right. are you going to say, is anyone, no one's going to yeah. say. Okay. This is over. Uh, but someone, you know, does have something to say. Yes, she so does. This entire, you know, sequence we've noted that Carmela's been drinking quite heavily, just mm-hmm. straight liquor, just down, mm-hmm. you know, shot after shot. And uh, finally, she explodes, tells it like it is. Goes off on the whole charade. Yeah. The whole thing that Livia did not want any of this. 
And the reason is because she knew no one really loved her. Right. And this forces other people to start going off as well. Yeah. Uh, even Carmela's dad finally grows a pair. Yeah. Right? Goes off. Very excited. Calling his wife the minister of propaganda. Right. And now Tony is actually quite pissed at Janice. Right. Because this is the California bullshit that mm-hmm. led to this. Now everybody's ragging on their mother. Yeah. At the wake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not... Even Tony is like, that's not that's not fair. But it just kind of culminates in that interesting sort of, well, this is the truth. This is what mm-hmm. Livia brought to the equation. Mm-hmm. You know? Tom, Barb's yeah. husband, even, mm-hmm. ha- you know, agrees, concurs with what's being said. Right. Exactly. You know, Livia left a pretty painful legacy mm-hmm. you know and for tony too obviously mm-hmm. and you know it's interesting that as carmella is ranting and drunkenly like insulting livia and everything and then literally pointing the finger at tony and barb and janice and saying like you know you guys did this and your mom didn't want this you know shame on you kind of yeah tony just again he just takes it you know kind of like with Artie, you know he just lets it play out Yes. And what a lovely button to this whole sequence. Artie can't say anything now. Right. Even if he was going to. Who knows if he was going to. Yeah. But all he could say is, um, there's uh, desserts in the dining room if anybody wants some. Yes. Um, and they're all from Vesuvio. Our new pastry chef, Bobby Vasquez. It's just, just very good. Perfectly awkward. Yes. Just amazingly awkward. And uh, uh, and that's, you know, the conclusion of, of really the official send-off to Livia. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I, what I truly love about it is that it just presents so many different angles, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really come to one real conclusion, right? It just says, here's a little idea here's an idea here's an idea here's an idea this is sort of what livia meant to these people mm-hmm. and you know you choose what you think livia was at the end of the day yeah she was a, a great character played by a great actress very sad that that's how she had to exit the show right. um because yeah she was a big force yeah for sure absolutely a lot of talent from nancy marchand and then we get this final scene, the the final, uh, con- the conclusion of Public Enemy. Yeah. Which has just been very nicely interlaced through the whole episode. And the film ends with that mother relationship. And I guess just the juxtaposition of Tony's dysfunctional relationship brings him to tears. Right. He finally succumbs to the emotion, you know, and... I think that that's a good way, you know, for them to end the episode because I think that that is the ultimate point. And I, I, I said it before, but I'll say it again, where it's like Tony had a very complicated relationship with his mother, obviously. Yeah. And uh, she damaged him in really, really extreme ways. But he still loved her in the end. Right. And also, I think, you know, he weeps because, you know, that's all he ever... what What's represented in the film between the mother and son, that's all he wanted, really. Like, that's what he wished for, and he didn't get it. He, he, and he can never fix yeah. 
or repair what was damaged between right. their relationship. Now it's too late. Yeah. And Tony's, I mean, Tony is the public enemy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's a gangster and uh, just like Cagney in the film and, you know, for Cagney's mom in that movie to display that affection and that love in spite of all of the bad things that her son did. Yeah. You know, um, the fact that Tony did not receive the same makes him very emotional. Yep. And that's a good note to fade out on. This has been another episode of The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Join us next week. In the meantime, if you're enjoying the podcast, there are many ways to support it. Going on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and hitting subscribe and leaving a star review and a comment because we always love hearing from you and following us on Twitter at The Soprano Show. But in the meantime, as we do with every episode ending with a favorite line, I'll share my favorite line of this episode. There are a lot of good ones. We mentioned a lot of them already for this episode. It was rich with good lines. But when Janice is having doubt about coming back to New Jersey... Tony tries to reassure her about the case of Richie. She says, You may recall, Tony, that I have very good and valid reasons why I should not present myself in the state of New Jersey. Oh, Jesus, that case is colder than your tits. That was pretty good. No, I've always remembered that line. It is great. And my favorite, Mm -hmm. um, personally, is it's kind of Carmela's rant towards the end i mean not the full rant but just the way that it opens is perfect when she says this is such a crock of shit carmella i'm sitting here thinking i should protect my children from the truth about their grandmother on the one hand on the other i'm saying to myself what kind of example am i setting evading and smiling passing out cheese puffs over a woman that we all know was terribly dysfunctional who spread no cheer at all. Carmela, be quiet. This is my house. Oh, yeah. It's a very good break in this very silly sequence that we have yeah. to have Carmela finally go off like that. Yeah, yeah. She's the one to do it. She should be the one to do it. And what she says needed to be said. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great thing to happen at the climax of the episode. Yep. 